Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Julian, and welcome back to another edition of Zone Time. This week's guests, Rahef in the house good to see you sam in the house also good to see you omar yeah no i'm kidding it's wow. always great to see you it's always great to see you buddy i would never disrespect you like that i would never <laughs> disrespect you like that you know mm-hmm. this it's true it's true he says optimistically man you you sound <laughs> as if you've already seen your toronto maple leafs lose in the first round you all right buddy are you has that doubt <laughs> for the playoffs already seeped in no, like, I'm, I'm I'm good. I'm good. I just, you know, I, I guess it's just like the, it's an interesting time of year, and you know, it's like you're, it's like you're you're waiting for the playoffs to start, but at the same time, you know, the games have to be played, and you know, you're pretty much just like watching each game with your fingers crossed, saying like, okay, let's get out of this game as you know, undamaged as possible. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it's 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 a lot to look forward to, but I'm good, feeling okay. Ref, is it because Austin Matthews isn't playing Tuesday night? Well, at this time, he'll have already not played, but you get what I mean. Yeah, especially because it's against the Flyers, and I had that game penciled in as like a hat trick for him, so it's um, <laughs> sad times. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the game where everyone thought, okay, he was definitely going to reach 65. Here's something we did not pencil in at all, though. Uh, zone time being the answer in a USA Today crossword puzzle, which That's was sick. the case on the that Monday. That was so cool. That is really cool. Like someone pointed out uh, Monday morning and uh, I was like, there's no way we, like I had no clue that this was going to happen. <laughs> the prompt says, I think like hockey podcast hosted by me and the answer is zone time. It, it, they literally could have had three different possibilities, but they chose obviously the cool podcast in zone time as the answer here. Like, yeah. Pat yourselves on the back, everybody. We are crossword puzzle <laughs> famous. You, USA Today, that's not that's not no small newspaper. That's like a big publication across the entire country. Look at yeah, us. I'm, I wonder if we'll we get a trophy for that. We could we get something we for that? Could we? Maybe you should make like ribbons. Was on you was on a crossword one time. That should at least be like Twitter <laughs> bio. I was gonna say, put it yeah. in your bio. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Twitter bio, your hinge page, Tinder page, whatever you have to do, you can now our tell people. That. Yes, <laughs> that is absolutely our claim to fame. So big shout out to USA Today uh, for the shout out. That was really cool. All right, let's get to the actual topics of the show. Uh, I'm a believer in the Vancouver Canucks. 
I want to see them thrive. Same. Omar, you are also a believer in the Vancouver 100%. Canucks. Rahef, like, are you a believer yeah. in the Vancouver Canucks? I'm a believer in the Vancouver Canucks. Yes. Sam, why don't you believe in the Vancouver Canucks? They have a chance of making the playoffs. I don't not believe in the Vancouver Canucks. That's as close as I'm going to get to that one. But I have, like, I have a lifetime of believing in the Vancouver Canucks that has led to me having feelings about them the way Omar did about the Leafs last spring. So Mm -hmm. I, I just, I really (laughs) prefer to like manage my expectations. I like, I would rather, I've said this, people are always like, why are you so negative about the Canucks? I'm like, look, this is how I deal with, this is how I deal with my emotions. Like I would rather be wrong and pleasantly surprised than expect them to make it and then be like crushed because that's what they've done to me my entire life. Damn. For context, they're as of as of this recording, they're on a six-game winning streak. They're about four points out from third place in the Pacific Division, five points out of a wild card spot with six games to go. It looked as if they were going to be very distant in that chase for that final playoff spot, but they're playing their best hockey right now. They have a legitimate chance. I believe in the Vancouver Canucks to rip shit up and make the playoffs and make some team in the Western Conference like Vegas or even LA, or somehow Nashville or, or Dallas unhappy at their expense. I want to see them do this. I want to see them. I want to see magic happen, man. That's that's what hockey and sports are supposed to be about. The impossible being able to happen and everyone being able to rejoice. We've been looking at how Toronto could be flying the flag for Canada in the playoffs, maybe Calgary this year. Bruce, there it is in the playoffs where anything could happen. I know I would love that. I know I would love that. So I'm rooting for that. And I think just, yeah, just to build off of that, it it ties to a point that Sam actually made like at the beginning of the season about like the Pacific division is not good. Um, (laughs) So like, I, yeah, you look at the standings, like, okay, Calgary, Calgary's already a lock. Edmonton, they're, they're probably going to make it. The Kings to mention Edmonton too. Yes. Yeah. The Kings, could they fall out? I wouldn't be surprised. Drew Doughty's out for that. Drew Drew Doughty has, has an injury. Right. So, and again, it's only four points, right? Only four points that we're looking at. And like, I don't even looking at the games at hand and the Canucks have a game, have a game in hand over both Vegas and LA. So like, it's, it's really possible. It's really possible. They control their own destiny. Exactly. They actually control their own destiny, which is kind of terrifying. Um, Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love a good underdog story. I think it would be as a Canucks fan, believe it or not, I am a Canucks fan. <laughs> believe it or not. I would be so happy if they made it. But there is like the practical side of me that's like, does this just make us next year's Montreal Canadiens? Like, are we that team who's like, hey, look at us. This is super fun. And then next year is just going to suck. Whoa, 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 whoa. As someone in the market of Montreal right now, seeing the team go through what it go- it's going through, if y'all end up as the Montreal Canadiens, y'all will have a good chance of getting Connor Bedard. Worth like it. that's that's Worth not it. a bad thing. You go Worth through a it. really good year, and then you go through a bad year next year. Maybe it'll probably be a bad step for the Canucks considering the core and the advancements they've made. But if you have a chance at getting Connor Bedard in the draft next year, there are worse things. You know there what? You just convinced things. me. I want. I would like the Canucks to be this year's Montreal Canadiens. That's for Connor Bedard. What's the Canucks schedule like? Like their strength of schedule? Like, like what are their remaining games like? Who are they playing? You know, do they have a chance of 
really, you know, like it's winning all Pacific division five. teams other than the Sens tonight. And, I think they and play, I mean, they play the, the golden Knights and the Kings again, for sure. Yeah. Uh, they play the Sens tonight, which is actually, I think their biggest risk is their, their tendency is to show up against teams that are good, like Colorado. And then they blow games against. Oh, that's like the that sounds, that sounds We know weird. that story. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But yeah, but looking at the schedule. Okay. So like to Santa's point, they have Ottawa tonight. They face Minnesota Thursday, Calgary Saturday, which could be huge. Then Seattle next week. And then LA and Edmonton, man, man, that LA game. That LA game could be the game of the year. That yeah. could, that's, yeah. yeah, that might be a game that if you're not a Kings or, or a Canucks fan that you'd watch anyway, like that's going to be an interesting one. That's definitely. a huge game. You got to think they have to clean up against, you know, a team like Seattle and I mean, a team like Ottawa, like these are points that they have to pick up in a situation like, like the one they're in Calgary. I mean, that's, that's going to be tough. Um, but you never know, like at this stage in the season, maybe Calgary is kind of just, you know, maybe they'll be resting some guys. Like, who knows? The The stars might align for the Canucks. And I actually sincerely hope they do. I think it would be really fun if they made it. Mm-hmm. Should be pointed out, you know, it, it, I, I, I mean, by the time this episode comes out, that uh, Canucks game against the Sens may have already happened. Maybe some hopes may have been dashed in the process, but I don't think that'll go that way. I think their win streak will be extended. And I'm totally cool with sounding like an idiot if it's not the case. Because they have, they I, have the not- notoriously negative in the Vancouver market. Thomas Durant's calling them inevitable. I edited that piece. You and I was just like, <laughs> oh hilarious. my. Like I was reading all of this and I was just like, is Thomas okay? Is like, like like inevitable? Like Thanos, like at the end. Well, maybe I shouldn't use Thanos at the end of 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 uh Infinity of War. Endgame. Or, no, Endgame. not even Infinity War, Endgame, when he's like, Endgame, I am inevitable. Because yeah. yeah. we all know what happens to him when he snaps the fingers. It, yeah anyway uh, but still like Thomas Drance writing about how the Canucks they look good they've matured into this team they they, they look composed as they did like I was like what is up with this dude he didn't he didn't critique them at all like yeah. something's up something's wrong I mean I, I think it's just like the it, it's it's fascinating right because and I think in Montreal's kind of gone through something similar as well it's it's an unbelievable how one, well, at least in the Canucks case, two changes can really just change the atmosphere around the team, right? And and that's the one thing that I've noticed being, you know, outside Vancouver is this, the aura around the team and how the team is discussed is just different. It, there's fun and it's more energetic and it's more positive. Bruce Boudreau is making videos and stuff. You know, they're, they're posting his, his, his pre and post game stuff and, and it's just funny. And I think that's the main difference opposed to the beginning of the year where it's just like dull and brutal and Jim Benning talking about how they have to kill, get better on the penalty kill and yada, yada. And Elias Pettersson looking like a shell of, of himself. And now, like now, now the team looks fun and now it looks like they have like a goal. They have a purpose. They, they know that they can control their fate as, as Sam, Sam brought up. And I think it's incredible how you can take a run on just that idea of just having something to fight for. And again, I think it works in their favor that they can control their fate. It's not like they have to, you know, win games and then hope other teams lose, which some teams find themselves in. Vegas is going to be in that is going to be in that hole probably next week. Maybe I can see Vegas winning like four games and then be sitting down waiting for like other teams to lose. Vancouver doesn't have to do that. 
All they have to do is focus on the games that they have. And looking at their schedule, maybe aside from like Minnesota and maybe Calgary, I think all of those games are winnable. So I think they have a really strong chance. Can I just mention Vegas real quick here? If Vegas, I mean, as we're doing this, they're out of a playoff spot right now. If Vegas misses the playoffs, I understand they had the injuries that they had, but we could still call this a failure, right? This is a team that is designed to make the playoffs and compete every single year. How much of a disappointment would this really be if the Vegas Golden Knights, for the first time in their team history, with Jack Eichel on their team, miss this year's postseason? Disappointing. And I think a big part of that, or a big reason for that, is like, you know, something that we said about the Vancouver Canucks. It's like the division that they play in is just so god awful compared to the other divisions in the league. So when you're a team like Vegas and you have Jack Eichel, I mean, yes, he was injured, like you said, Julian, the injuries are, are definitely a thing, but I still mm-hmm. think it's, it's a disappointment considering the division that they're in. Exactly. Yeah, I absolutely agree with Rahaf. I think, I think more than an, more than a disappointment, I think it's an embarrassment if they don't make it. Like you look at that roster, you look at the steps they've taken to, uh, we'll use the word manage their cap space. <laughs> That's embarrassing. Yeah, I agree. I'm on Sam's point. I think it's more embarrassing than disappointing just because from the beginning of the season, weird decision after weird decision, they they trade Marc-Andre Fleury for nothing, for nothing. The reigning right. Vezina winner. Like, literally. Um, then, then they end up running into goaltending troubles. They can't manage their cap, which, again, is wild considering that they just got here. Right. And I know a lot of people will think like, oh, you know, they've been in the playoffs every single year. Like, how can be how can it be disappointing? Look at the division around them, man. Like they every single year, Vegas has had a incredible shot to not only make the playoffs, but also go far in the playoffs. Things have gone wrong last year, especially after last year, where they literally, man, I don't like a lot of people say like, like we'll make comparisons to the, the Leafs series versus the Habs and the Golden Knights Vegas uh, series versus versus um versus the Habs. Yeah, the Leafs losing, like, we're up 3-1, we lose, that sucks. But I look at Vegas, I'm like, how the hell did you lose that? Again, I know that sounds crazy, but, like, Vegas had every opportunity to go back to the Stanley Cup final, and they just dropped the ball. Yes, yes, injuries, absolutely, but still. And then you come into this season, you make the huge trade, you get Jack Eichel, there's a whole bunch of hype around him, and you can't get into the playoffs in this division? Like, that's that's wild. So I know some people might say, like, oh, changes will come. It's Vegas. Changes are going are gonna to go happen regardless. But I don't know. Maybe as a front office, you kind of take a look around and think, like, hey, maybe we kind of have to rein back the way that we've been doing, doing business. This whole, like, cutthroat, cold-blooded, throwing players over the fence thing, I really think they need to kind of take a step back with that. And I don't think they can keep relying on the idea that it's all oh, Vegas players don't want to come here. Yeah, but players also don't want to be disrespected all the time. You can't commit to a player and then check him out after after two after two seasons. So maybe this is the wake up call, or I don't know. Maybe there's back in the playoffs next year. I totally agree with that. I think part of the magic of Vegas and why they did so well in their first season was this whole Golden Misfits thing, right? Like that was their team culture, that was their team identity, and they've completely tossed that overboard over the last couple of years. Not the players, but the way that the team has been managed. And I think this reputation they have has, I think, really kind of taken away from that misfits culture that really worked for them. Yep. And as a result, they could find themselves on the outside looking in when it comes time for the postseason, whether it's Vancouver with Vancouver 
or, you know, with other teams that are also going to miss the playoffs. It's still just really crazy to me that the Golden Knights were a series away from making the Stanley Cup final and Chandler Stevenson was their number one center during the postseason. And they made the move to get a number one center this year and they might miss the playoffs. That being said, the center himself has yet to make the playoffs since joining the, joining the National Hockey League as a player. Omar, you were saying off air that like there's some graphic you were looking at about how how he compares to other players oh, yeah. from his draft class. Yeah, yeah, I I don't know who it was who had it, but there's a there is a graphic of uh, 2015 draft picks and how many playoff games they played in. I don't know if it was played in or won, uh, either one. Um, and then yeah, you just see Jack Eichel at the bottom with the big fat zero. Right. And then you see Anthony Sorelli, who's taken 79th overall, um, playing, I think it was 79 games with Tampa and has two cups. Right. So it's just like, it's, it's, you got to feel for the player, man. Like it, it sucks. It sucks for him because you probably, after that trade, he was hyped up knowing that he was on a legitimate contender. And now, now they, now they don't even make it. But hey, in two weeks, maybe this whole conversation is just like, hey, whatever. And they end up making it. But well, we'll see. And hey, maybe in two weeks we'll be talking about all the Canadian teams in the playoffs, and maybe one of them will be the Vancouver Canucks. And maybe, just maybe, there will be hope for Sam Chang and the rest of the broadcast and the rest of the Canucks Army or the Armies or whatever you want to call them. Maybe. That would actually be – like, that's one fan base I would love to kind of hop on the bandwagon on for the rest of the postseason. Florida's already supposed to be good. The Leafs are the Leafs. Edmonton is Edmonton. Calgary – I mean, they look pretty good, but the Canucks, mm-hmm. that's the one fit. That's the one bandwagon if they make it, because who that, what the hell is going to happen with that team? That's just going to be fun, regardless of whatever happens. You know, if but they anyway. make the playoffs, the discussion is going to be, was Jim Benning a good GM or not? That oh, is actually going to be, 100%. it's already starting. Really? Yeah. Oh so you gotta, God. you gotta think if you're jumping on the bandwagon, you gotta, you gotta pick a side. I don't have to pick a damn side for anything. I'm just going to be like, hey, guys, Bruce, there it is. I don't have to say betting was right. But anyway, uh, we could get to that if the Vancouver Canucks make it. Uh, a bit of a topic change for this one and a bit of a tone change for this next topic. Um, on the Yahoo Sports Hockey podcast, uh, Justin Cuthbert and I, we did talk about uh, what came from the findings of the NHL, from the Cousin O'Connor independent firm report on the NHLPA and Donald Fear when it comes to how they handled the Kyle Beach ordeal. Uh, For those who don't know what happened, essentially the NHLPA was cleared of wrongdoing by the firm. And this stinks to me, everybody. There's no way you could tell me that uh, Kyle Beach and everything he endured in Chicago and the fact that he tried to go through whatever proper channels he had to go through to get this reported and a miscommunication and misunderstanding and people forgetting uh, did not also somehow doesn't result in a systemic failure. But you know what? I'm going to digress. I had my thoughts on this whole thing with Justin. Uh, I may still add extra stuff, but it's important that uh, our podcast covers stuff like this and we give the time to talk about stuff like this. So I'd like to know if either Rahef or Omar or you, Sam, have any thoughts on, on how this all rolled out and what you found from the report or any other thoughts on all of this. Start with Omar. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a disappointment. This full, full blown. Um, again, I, I said it when this initial thing came, came out and I'll say it again. Um, they failed Kyle beach. They failed and any player who's ever needed help. They'll, they failed any player who might be thinking about reaching out for help, um, on multiple fronts. I think the fact that you can, that this can be chalked up to, to miscommunication, 
Um, especially when you read the details of the report that, you know, Donald Fair is a person that writes down everything, writes down all the, all the details of when it was said and so on and so forth, that there's record of this 14 minute phone call. But when you ask him about it, you know, he can't recall what's, what's taking place. Uh, the, the idea that in that meeting, when all the player agents are, are talking about it, when there's an opportunity for player agents to talk to him, he finds a, he finds a convenient Avenue to avoid the questions. I, I so and again, the, the idea that now he's going to be replaced, or at least that's what it sounds like it, but, but he has say, and who's going to replace, why why should he have say, what has Donald Fair done for the benefit of the NHLPA? Like moving beyond the Kyle Beach situation, what, is he, what has he done? The game is not safe at all. Their players still don't know what they can and can't do. A player, um, you know, hits to the head, still happen, still take place. Uh, players aren't given opportunities all the time. Uh, the Akeem Elusive situation. Yeah, people will say, oh, well, you know, he was in the NHL at the same t- at the time. Okay, so what? The NHL still has an issue. What has Donald Fair done for that? What, so, like, I, I, I don't, it, it's it's like a microcosm of, of the issue, but oh, it's overall a, a grand problem. And I, I don't understand how anyone, anyone in this situation can just say, well, I didn't do anything. Cool, let's move on. No systemic failure like, here. Did, like, does no one have like an actual heart anymore? And I know that sounds extremely cheesy, but like, I, 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 I don't know. Maybe it's just like the the the, the lawyer or legal perspective of things. But I, I don't understand how you can go through this process and think that no one is to blame, that no one should be held responsible. I, and I, and, and I think that's that's what is and what will continue to, to sit with me with this entire thing is that p- people really do think it's okay to read this document and say like, oh yeah, definitely. You know what? Donald Fair, NHLPA, they, they did everything they could, which is false because there it absolutely is more than that. That, that can be, that can be, uh, could have been done. Kyle Beach was failed. Uh, you know, the, the other John Doe's in the situation were, uh, were failed. Fans were failed. Anyone who's ever, been in a situation like this or has known someone like this who is following along with this information, they've been failed as well. And I, I, I'm deeply sorry for anyone who has been, who has personal ties or has made personal connections to this because it's just extremely disappointing on, on any, any way, shape or form. I think that's really well said, unless there's anything else that wants to be, that, that needs to be added to that. I think Omar put it as well as anybody could have, unless, unless anyone generally wants to add anything to that. Yeah, I, I agree with everything Omar said. I think mm-hmm. that I think everything about this report was handled in the most transparently embarrassing way possible. Like this mm-hmm. alleged power failure that meant they couldn't release it until after four o'clock on a holiday Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, sure. The statement was clearly like the statement said to me, the fact that the statement that NHLPA released said it was miscommunication and misunderstanding indicated to me that they assumed no one would actually read the report. It's a 20 page report. It's not like an 84 page report. Like people were interested in this. They were going to read the details of it. And the statement did not at all reflect what the details of the report said. I don't know how anyone lawyer or not can take a total lack of evidence and say, well, that just, that must mean it's miscommunication, miscommunication, misunderstanding. There were 
all of these phone calls and conversations took place, somehow not a single person involved had any contemporaneous notes at all. And the natural conclusion that the investigator drew was that must mean that it wasn't an important conversation. Like that must be the conclusion. And so it was a miscommunication, misunderstanding. And so there was no failure. Sorry, the the very fact that the person in charge and that Dr. Brian Shaw also recalled these conversations, the very fact that they did not communicate this to anyone is not a miscommunication or a misunderstanding. And And if you want to characterize it that way, that's fine, but it's still a failure. If you have no policy where these people had to take specific steps, that is a policy failure. That is a systemic failure. Like, I don't understand how you can draw the conclusion that there's no failure there. And it's just, it's super embarrassing. And to Omar's point that of what has Donald Fear done, it's not just that. It's what has the NHLPA done? What is the purpose of the NHLPA? Because as far as I can tell in, in the entire time I've been a hockey fan, what the NHLPA does is they care about hockey-related revenue. They care about escrow. They care about getting like their 50% share from the owners. And they do absolutely nothing else for their players. Nothing. Like they are an embarrassment. I like, if you go to their website right now, the first team on their player rep list is the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. It says Josh Manson is their rep. Josh Manson is a Colorado Avalanche. Gotcha. <laughs> Jeez. And that's Jeez. how you have Chris Pronger explaining things to young NHL players on Twitter because the NHLPA is effectively useless. And their job for their job, what is their supposed job is they're supposed to be advocates for the players in the NHL. Like this is the and these are NHL players, this is their union. And they they just they consistently fail at doing the one thing they're supposed to do. We'll get to Chris Pronger in a moment, but look, just keeping with money here in terms of them caring about hockey related revenues and escrow and all that, like the players aren't exactly swimming in money compared to some of the other big name athletes across North America and other parts of the world as well. So you can't tell me like, Hey man, at least they're making money. Like there's yeah. a lot of money being left on the table here and the owners are and taking it players, all up. And most players don't even understand how escrow works. Like maybe they should start off with that first. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I think to, yeah, to, Re- 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 to your point, I think the players in the league need to start start caring about who is representing them. I think the players in the league need to start caring about things other than what's going on the ice. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you, do you like the way that the league, the league is? I, I think there are a lot of issues. I would not be surprised if a lot of the a lot of the complaints and frustrations that we have, the players have as well, but they just don't want to say anything because they don't want to be a distraction. Right. So it's just like that that's the only way things are going to get better. So I, I think honestly, I think this is actually a pretty a good opportune time for the NHLPA to go in a right and go in a positive direction. I don't know what the procedures are, I don't know what the rules are. But if I'm like Sidney Crosby or Connor McDavid or Austin Matthews or I don't know, any any Nathan McKinnon, whatever, I say, wow, Donald Fair, Donald Fair, you're picking their successor. Actually, no, you kind of suck. I think someone else should do it. That would be huge. And I think that's what you need to see. That's you need the players in the league to care about the league. And I think that that's, that's the main thing. When it, when it comes to the NHL, there's a league and there's hockey. 
and the players in the league only care about the hockey, which makes sense. But if you want the league to be better, you have to care about the league too. And that means doing your part. That means having more star players being, being the reps for teams. Like, I'm sorry, no, no disrespect to Josh Manson, but like Josh Manson should not be the rep of the Anaheim Ducks at that time. It should be Getzla, or it should be Troy Terry, or it should be Trevor Zegris, or something like that. Like, you need the faces of the teams to, to actively be part of these things. And I think that's the only way things are going to change. And if not, if you just stay to the same, you know, play hockey, you know, win games, yada, 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 then things aren't going to change. At counterpoint, I'll, I think you need a mix of both. You need some of the big faces there, but let's not discount any of the actual educated and smart hockey players across yeah. different teams who could actually be qualified to be either a main player rep or an alternate player rep and may know a thing or two about how to voice certain things or go about certain discussions in, in those NHLPA discussions or anything to do with the league. I think that's mm-hmm. something that should also, that's that shouldn't true. be discounted. I, I don't know what, say, yeah. So I was going to say to the extent that somebody is a captain of a team, I think there is probably an element of them that is more of the fall in line. Don't be a distraction type. So I, I, I agree. It should be faces of the game, but only to the extent that those faces of the game are more disruptors and not like yeah, play for play for the logo in front and not the name on the back. Yeah. Or someone or people who are going to be outspoken and are unafraid of saying, you know, Hey, this needs to be fixed or something that needs to be done. If like, I don't know how often Brennan Gallagher speaks about player issues or anything like that, but considering how amped up he can get about the officiating, imagine him in a room talking about NHLPA stuff, right? Like, I think that would do wonders if that's what he's done in the past. I admittedly am not completely sure. I know, I think he's the alternate player rep, at least on the NHLPA website, but as we could all tell from uh, the Josh Manson example, it could still use some updating, but all that to say, there's some changes that need to be done with the NHLPA uh, with regards to who should be in charge and how players should go about asking for what they want, among other things. I'm sure Alan Walsh could give us a whole list of things that need to be changed with regards to the NHLPA. Mm-hmm. We digress, but I'm glad, but I mean, it's not a surprise. We're all in agreement here that something's a bit fishy with the findings of that report. Uh, we've got time, I think, for maybe one more topic before we wrap up here. Rahef, you did mention Chris Pronger. A lot of people got up in arms uh, in the last how many days about that uh, Twitter thread he put up where he was explaining to everybody, everyone like, hey, uh, if I make $30 million, I'm only able to take home this much, right? I thought it was pretty informative. I'm wondering if there was anything else you we all would want Chris Pronger to enlighten us upon with these Twitter accounts because it seems as if we're going to get it from him. We are not might not get it from too many other people. Chris Pronger has turned himself into the most entertaining or at least the most interesting Twitter account in hockey right now, which is interesting. So does anyone have any suggestions of what they would love to hear from Chris Pronger? It could be serious. It could be not serious on Twitter. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear anything from Chris Pronger. Uh, <laughs> that is fine. I that mean, is absolutely fine. I, I think it would be, I think it'd be interesting. And again, this is under the caveat that, you know, being honest and not doing any of this, like, Oh yeah. You know, well, they're trying their best thing. I would like to know Chris Pronger's thoughts on officiating hmm. and the consistency of the player safety de- safety department. I would love, I would love to, to hear that because that's like media talks about it. Fans talk about it. Players can't talk about it because they get fined. So I would like to see what a former player 
And especially because considering the fact that he has this growing platform now, I think he has like over like a hundred thousand followers on Twitter now, which you know that's a lot. I would like to see what what his thoughts are on officiating and uh, player safety, and whether they are doing where they're doing a good job, where the where uh, where um, you know specific improvements can be done, and so on and so forth. That'd that's cool. that's a lot better than my than my not serious answer of that time PK Subban took a run at him and told him to suck at prongs. Oh. Do you guys know that story? Like it is like rookie year. He took a run at him. He hit him and he, and he literally yelled, suck it, prongs. Uh, the youth. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 I go ahead, Sam. I was going to say, I'm with Omar. I think that's a great suggestion, especially for a guy who was suspended a few times in his career. Um, I think that's, I think that's a great topic. Um, my not serious suggestion is I want him to give us the full, full account of his trade out of Edmonton. Ooh. <laughs> you're not, but, you're, but he's but you're not supposed to ask him questions about that sam he will i, just, not, he will I want him to questions. volunteer the details <laughs> yeah. without me asking yeah <laughs> like kind of just like subtly mention those details Rehef, do you have a suggestion i really like omar's suggestion i think i'd That's also fine. want to know like what is the like jumping off of what he said like what are generally like what is the what are the players opinions about officiating like if you walk into a locker room like what what is the general consensus about the NHL's officiating? Yeah, officiating, player safety, uh, anything to do with contact and, and, and physical play. I'd like to know, especially from a guy like him who knows a thing or two about that. I think that's pretty much along the same lines. Uh, we're pretty much all in agreement when it comes to Chris Pronger and all that. And guys, if, 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 if you're all, you're all up in arms about the money he's making or the money NHLers make, like, I don't know, this is just me here. Like, it's just information. I don't know why people are getting upset. Like, you don't need to get upset. I can understand we don't make as much money as he makes or other people make. Like, let's let's cool it a little bit. But you know what? That's just my opinion on all that. But anyway, yeah. uh, I think we were able to get through everything we wanted to get through on this week's edition of Zone Time, the first episode we've done since we became crossword puzzle famous. Again, give yourselves pats on the back for that because <laughs> that is a very big deal. This podcast has come a very long way from the, the humble beginnings. I mean, we're still on Zoom, but you know, the humble beginnings we started now, people will know our names, whether they knew offhand that 59 across was zone time or they had to look up the answers. Omar, oh, Sam, that should be on the merch. Thank you. That should yes. be on the merch. 59 merch. across. Just 59 across. That's it. A black, and, have... a black and yellow hoodie. This is 59 across. You really want a black and yellow hoodie? I think that'd be cool. I don't know. Yeah, it would be cool. Yeah, that'd, that'd be nice. 59 across on the front and then on the back, Sam Chang 100%. <laughs> that I, 50... I'm I, I'm fighting for a hundred for a never misses. I'll never miss his Sam merch. I'm, I will fight for that to the death. 59 across is officially an, a zone time inside joke. Now. My merch yeah. is so just like going to say, I agree with Omar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. That's what has to be done. Yes. Rahef, what would your merch say? Um, my merch would say William number Elander. one himbo fan, William Elander. Yeah. <laughs> something about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Last couple of interviews, just reinforcing the no thoughts head empty opinion for William Melander. He doesn't even know what city yeah. he was in last night. Yeah. Last oh, I, I thought I thought it had more goals actually. Laughs out loud. Like he's, <laughs> he's so funny. 
Shout out Jacob Markstrom. There's like some photo that went around where he was signing some card and he misspelled his own name. His oh partner called God. him out. <laughs> I think which yeah. what she said was uh how how do you even succeed? And it was a little more uh there was yeah. an expletive in there, but oh yeah, for sure. Him. But yeah. yeah, but we could maybe a future idea, maybe it won't be rejected by the powers that be, but uh, a himbo hockey ranking. Let's see if we can get that pushed through <laughs> on Zotai. But in the meantime, for uh, Omar, Rahef, and Sam, I'm Julian saying so long, and we'll be back next week with a brand spanking new episode of Zone Time. Peace. <laughs>